You are listening to Cut Jib Newsletter Speaks, the podcast. This is series five, episode number 10 for Tuesday, November the 7th, 2023. It's JJ Septon here, along with my good friend, co-blogger, co-host, and colleague, CBD. CBD, good morning, sir. Good morning. It's a shitty day here. I had to spend time on the phone with the uh, Internal Revenue Service. Uh, and I just listened to their really, really shitty uh, music because I actually only spoke to humans for about uh, 45 seconds and they just shunted me into their interminable uh, um, hell of um, their phone system. And after a couple hours, I just hung up and I'm, now I'm going to have to go make an appointment with some fucking retard uh, in the local IRS office. Um, so if you hear about uh, a, a local IRS office being shot up, that, that's me. <laughs> that's a joke, folks. That's a joke. <laughs> I know. Well, as we used to say at Ace of Spades, there's a Bob from the NSA in the white van across the street. will be, yeah. be at your door in about three seconds now. Anyway, um, you know, we had a great podcast uh, on Saturday with Scott McKay. There were supposedly some glitches with the audio portion and uh, rumble, but I apologize for that. But anyway, it was a great podcast, and we thank Scott for that. And hopefully we'll have him back again in the future. But uh, we're going to do some quick hits for you for the, for the weekday version here. And to kick it off, we're going to start, of course, with the continuing situation uh, uh, in the uh, war between Hamas and uh, the state of Israel. So it seems that, of course, the, the diplomatic pressure is on Benjamin Netanyahu to, quote unquote, have a ceasefire, which essentially it means surrender. Uh, but he seems to be resisting it. And uh, they seem to be going full tilt boogie with really, you know, pummeling Hamas into at least the, from, from what our accounts that we hear here, um, uh, pummeling them mercilessly and are going to go all the way with this. So let, let's hope that that's the case. Well, I, I, I think it's vitally important that they continue to, to prosecute this war as, as hard and as fast as they can. Um, now, I I was 100 percent incorrect uh, in my criticism of Israel a few weeks ago. Um, and my 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 hope was that they would go in with, you know, guns blazing 36 hours after the, the horrendous attacks from July of July. I'm sorry, uh, from October 7th. Um, I was wrong, uh, but they are doing a fine, fine job. And what makes me happiest about it is that they seem to be uh, preserving Israeli lives. Um, you know, going full tilt probably will lose more lives than doing it very carefully. They're consolidating. You know, they're they're um, getting intelligence. Then they're moving again. Um, and it's, I think they're doing a fine job. And by the way, for uh, readers of Ace of Spades, um, I've got a very interesting analysis of the israeli tactics and and uh, pretty much a uh, a short uh, exegesis on on the war coming from one of our uh, longtime commenters and uh, somebody who actually has real expertise on the topic so um look for that in the next couple of days anyway uh aside from that um, absolutely yeah i would yeah, i would just israel, think I, I did see some cracks in the facade um they're talking about um a ceasefire and then um netanyahu babbled something about you know maybe maybe short-term temporary uh pauses um and i that that's extraordinarily dangerous i think that he needs to be very very careful uh, when he talks about that sort of stuff it should be driven by the military needs of the IDF and not by the political considerations of a man who has, who has been a chameleon for his entire career in, in Israeli politics. Um, and he isn't going to change anytime soon. 
That is true. Yeah. I mean, but this is literally probably the most existential of existential threats that he and really any Israeli leader has faced in in, in 50 years since the October War of 1973. So uh, that has to to have a, a calculation in there, and especially considering the political ramifications and the speaking of chameleons, or really, I should say, snakes. Uh, in the West, and especially, unfortunately, in this country, with the Biden junta all out, really, they, they could care less about Israel. They want to see Israel wiped off the face of the earth as almost as much, probably, uh, as the Iranians and the rest of the Muslim and leftist world. But one disappointing thing of, you know, when we talk about pundits and things is a really good pundit over at American Greatness named Christopher Roach. And he's usually spot on about a lot of things, but his piece today was just way off base and really just you know, going on and on about perhaps, you know, really imploring or, or thinking that, that BB should go for a ceasefire and be careful and, you know, civilian casualties and so on and so forth without taking into account the fact that, yes, it's tar- it's terrible when innocent people get, get knocked off, but A, it's a war, and B, the innocent civilians of Gaza ain't so innocent because uh, many of them voted for Hamas, or 90% of them, I believe, voted for Hamas. And number two, they're Islamic, and they're even regardless of who the political leadership is of Gaza, their main goal is also to kill Jews and has been for the past 1,500 years. And it's just ridiculous. You can't have these considerations when uh, you are facing a, an existential threat to you and your own citizen citizenry. You have to be as violent and as ruthless as possible within the realms of perhaps, you know, obeying rules of war uh, situationally where you can. But beyond that, you got to win the thing as quickly and brutally as possible and make them cry uncle as quickly as possible. Otherwise, let, let, let me let me back up a little bit. Um, you know, Israel obeys the rules of war. Um, Israel does not um, murder civilians. Israel does not uh, do many of the things that the Arab world has internalized as appropriate behavior uh, during conflicts. Um, Israeli soldiers do not loot. Israeli soldiers do not rape. Israeli soldiers do not do any of the things that the that these terrorists have done as a matter of course. So the idea that Israel um, is supposed to obey the rules of war is, that's nice, but they always have. So let, let's be careful and not and not um, add some moral equivalence to this. Israel should, Israel should do this, or Israel should do that. No, Israel needs to prosecute the war as aggressively as, as they feel is militarily justified and destroy Hamas. That is the only thing that they should be focused on. And then once they they destroy Hamas, they need to rotate to the north and destroy Hezbollah. Um, Whether that happens next or in in a year or five years or ten years, I have no idea. But that has to be the next thing because Israel can no longer tolerate terrorist groups on its borders. We've seen what happens when Israel drops its guard just a little bit or quite significantly. And it will happen again in, the, in who knows when. So Israel has to complete the task. Agree. And I'm sorry for clopping in on you uh, like that. But the, the one thing that I also neglected to mention in, in talking about Gaza is the fact that when you talk about quote unquote innocent civilians, it is proven and it is known that not only were the Hamas thug terrorists uh, doing all the beheading, raping, and decapitating and all the other stuff, uh, civilians were in on it as well, en masse. So, uh, you know, at that point, how do you have proportionality? How do you try to obey the rules of war when citizens don't you know, get killed, when basically much of the population 
was was in on it and doing the same things. And right now are probably, you know, if they're not the, in you know, hunkered down somewhere, they're probably guarding uh, many of the captives if they're still alive uh, of, of Israel in the West right now. So to me, forget the dang, you know, it's nice to obey the rules of war in theory. And as you said, CBD, and it's true, Israel sets out and the Israeli soldiers set out. It's not their war aim and it's not their tactics to be brutal uh, Genghis Khan like savages in their in their uh, in their attack. That is not what they do. There may be one or two instances here or there, but that's something that gets punished. As you said, Hamas's goal strategically and tactically is to kill Jews, period, end of story. So they've got to do everything they can to wipe them out and finish off Hezbollah. And then, of course, leads to the, the ultimate question is, well, who are Hamas and Hezbollah? But essentially, um, the, the Muslim uh, uh, Republic of Iran, those are the ones that are really orchestrating this. And for all intents and purposes, they are the armed for they are really the armed forces of Iran. So what to do about that is the is the next question. Well, it's interesting that uh, Nasrallah, the uh, the head of Hezbollah um, in Lebanon, and by the way, uh, folks who, who aren't paying close attention to what's going on in Lebanon, Lebanon has become sort of this this weird, you know, half terrorist, half uh, conventional shithole Arab country. Um, Hezbollah controls most of South Lebanon, actually all of South Lebanon, um, and it is it has inserted itself into the government of Lebanon to such an extent that there really is no difference between Hezbollah and the Lebanese government. Unfortunately, the United States has uh, significant connections within the government of Lebanon. So everything we do with them uh, inexorably goes to Hezbollah. So intelligence that we provide to the to Lebanese uh, military and and other intelligence eventually ends up in Hezbollah's hands. And that's one of the, the huge issues that the United States has to deal with, that that we have to play real politic when it comes to Arab countries. We have to see what they're actually doing, and either it's good for America or we should end it. And in the case of Lebanon, I think that we should probably pull out of there and 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 simply you know play whack-a-mole whenever Hezbollah gets too nasty. Although that Israel does that relatively well. Anyway, just just a. Yep parenthetical expression yeah and beyond those the, the beyond those people it's of course you have we now know that we have iranian as well as red chinese agents all over every part of the united states government and especially in some of the more some of the most uh, secure intelligence and sensitive intelligence positions uh, that you can imagine and that's just that's outrageous and yet they're there and then nobody's doing anything about it and anybody who complains is called islamophobic and you know so on and so forth it's just, uh, you know, that's <laughs> that is that is just madness right there. So um, what can you do? Well, the, the question is whether whether what happened in Israel is going to happen in the United States. I mean, there are obviously, um, you know, I don't know if there somebody some pundit uh, claim that there are two million agents in the United States. Uh, and that's that's a number that is probably ridiculous. But even if there are 20,000, um, you know, oh, yeah. a factor of 100, uh, you know how many of them are are actually prepared to to conduct terrorist activity in the United States, and and what will we do about it? And that's why you know I I sound like a internet tough guy and blowhard when I say people need to buy guns, buy ammunition, learn how to use them, and take it seriously. But I think that's really really important in this in this day and age. 
The United States can no longer count on the federal government to defend our borders and can no longer count on the federal government to do the intelligence and counterintelligence work necessary to protect us within our own borders. And it, that it is going to fall on the people of the United States to, to, re, to respond to you know, terrorist attacks in the future. Israel failed miserably because Israel has, for the most part, disarmed its citizens. Um, I think that's changing a little bit, although I do not know that it, it's they are going to have what uh, what we have in the United States, which is the Second Amendment. Um, they should, and I've suggested that in print um, quite a bit. But uh, anyway, um, you know we we are, we are in a tough, tough place right now, and it's not going to get better anytime soon. No, and the, the idiot, uh, you know. What's his name? A horrible human being, Christopher Ray, the head of the FBI, was just in front of the at a congressional hearing, and he's basically saying, "Well, we don't know how many how many of them are here, and we have no idea." But meanwhile, it's the DOJ and the FBI that are going after, uh, you know, former Tea Party people, conservatives, uh, parents, uh, and chasing after this phantom uh, straw man enemy known as white supremacy and uh, mega MAGA Republicans and so on and so forth. Then they'll go after con gusto. And if they don't have a crime, they'll manufacture one like, you know, the J six protests and the uh, so-called wretched Whitmer kidnapping plot, which was all just a, you know, it was a smoke and mirrors, a sting operation that they started. But when it comes to really going after the real enemies of this country, they either are ill-equipped or just have no desire to do that. And of course, all it takes is one person to come in and do something. I mean, we have to be on guard. We have to be batting a thousand to stop these things. I mean, remember, if you, like you said, CBD, if, if it's if it's not two million, if it's even twenty thousand, we forget that twenty one years ago it was just twenty people who stole airliners and created nine uh, eleven. So they just, you know, they just we're just not even. We are fundamentally unserious, and it's uh, the the political correctness uh, that is driving this junta is going to be our undoing. Uh, intentionally, ideologically, in every way, way, shape, and form that you can imagine. I agree, and 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 the additional complexity of this is that the you know the anti-Semitism um, that has been exposed on college campuses uh, is only one step away from active participation in terrorist activity. You know, you look back to the '60s and the early '70s. We have the Weathermen um, in Ann Arbor, and they you know they exploded into the weather underground, and um, you know it. We had we had bombings throughout America. We had we had murders throughout America caused by or not caused by, but perpetrated by terrorist groups, domestic terrorist groups. And they emerged from the college campuses for the most part. So th- there is there is this untapped source of of support and, and p- perhaps active participation in terrorist activities on 50 or 100 college campuses in the United States. And, you know, we, we have. Let's say those twenty thousand. Um, a few hundred of them are clever enough and aware enough and know America well enough to take advantage of, of that untapped reservoir of of terrorism. And well, you know, we, are, we yeah. would have a very very big problem in this country. Exactly, and and now with all the you know, there was actually an incident in uh, in California where uh, a man was confronted, or he was he was a pro-Israeli protester. Or you know, and 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 some Muslims or pro-Palestinians 
somehow got him shoved something in his other punched him or did something. I forgot it was a megaphone and he injured his head, hit the ground and he died. And it's basically, it's a murder charge. So now you have the 12 students from Cooper union who were chased into the attic and barely protected by the police from a mob. And that's one thing, but now you put the nexus of that kind of mentality on college campuses with Antifa and BLM and if you have any sort of trained agents, either from Iran or you name the Muslim extremist group that come into this country, forget about hijacking airliners, but now sitting down and organizing these these idiot students who are pro you know who are pro Palestinian uh, protesters cheering on the beheading of Israelis, and you have that toxic mix of anti Americanism and Jew hatred, and uh, you have a situation on your hands where uh, it's not going to be very pretty, and with the election. Next year, it's a one year away. Uh, yikes! This is uh, we're flirting with disaster here. Yeah. So that uh, you, the man you're talking about is a man named Paul Kessler. Uh, he yes. was in a uh, in a demonstration in uh, Thousand Oaks, California, which is in Southern California. I think it's north of L.A. Yeah, um, there's the valley. And uh, supposedly he was struck with a mega with a megaphone, and he fell and hit his head and died. Um, which is unfortunately uh, a common occurrence in, in these um, in, in these protests. Um, what happens after this? I don't know. Um, I assume there's videotape of it. Uh, I assume that uh, the cops know who did it, um, whether they're going to call call this a murder or, you know, wh- whatever the, the charge may be is remains to be seen. But uh, this needs to be taken seriously. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. I don't think it will be. Yeah, me neither. Considering it's the, I mean, it's Ventura County, which I don't know what the politics of, of the, uh, you know, if it's a Soros DA or what. But considering California is completely gone, yeah, this whoever did this will get some sort of, I imagine, some sort of a slap on the wrist. But that remains yeah. to be seen. But um, yeah, dangerous, dangerous times. And 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 I just say, you're right. You know, arm yourself to the teeth, whether you're Jewish, not Jewish, and and understand what's going on. Uh, arm yourself, learn, learn to use that weapon properly and just have, put your head on a swivel. Now that's, that's just unfortunately the way things are. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's pivot toward, uh, domestic issues for a bit. Um, I thought it was very interesting. I know that Ace over at Ace of Spades, um, wrote about, uh, a, a latest poll that shows that Biden, um, his support is cratering. Um, across the board, um, it looks like uh, Hispanics are are leaving the Democrat Party in droves, and um, even uh, Black America is is moving away from the Democrats and toward Trump. Um, something like twenty two percent support in Black America, which is unbelievable to me. Now I don't know how accurate it is. And let's face it; these are polls. Uh, polls are unfortunately designed to guide public opinion, not to measure it. Um, but uh, it's very interesting. Um, now, the, the, the question is, there, well, there are two questions. The first question is, will Donald Trump be able to take advantage of this? And um, speaking of pivoting, I would really, really like to see him pivot toward being much more presidential and much more of a statesman and stop going after um, his Republican primary opponents who are not going to win. Look, I, I, everybody knows I support DeSantis, but he's not going to get the, the nomination unless something insane happens. But if Donald Trump begins to behave as if he were a president rather than a, you know, a, a combative thug um, duking it out in, in some, uh, you know, some silly uh, local event, um, I think it would be 
a very, very good thing for his his prospects. Uh, I the agree. Thing, I, I'm sorry, I, I forgot the other hand. No worries. Um, is, and that is Biden. Um, what will the Democrat Party do about Biden? I think that uh, Biden and his Harridan uh, wife will fight like hell to, re- to remain on the ticket f- uh, for the 2024 election. Um, can he do that? Yes, I think he can do that. Uh, will they be able to put enough pressure on him to force him to uh, give up that slot? Uh, very possible. You know, I suggested um, on Ace of Spades, boy, gee, Ace of Spades. That's a great place to to get uh, political information. Anyway, um, I suggested an ace of spades that, uh, you know, they might go they might take the gloves off with Hunter Biden or they might even allow more than a pro forma um, impeachment pr- uh, proceed process. So that kind of pressure might actually force Biden to to give up. Uh, but who the hell knows? You know, th- it's a crapshoot at this point. Yes, and uh, sorry again, sorry to clock in once again <laughs> before you were finished. But to your point about about uh, Donald Trump, yes, I mean, I, I, unless some real, and putting aside the 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 persecution by by the, the show trials against him, uh, putting that aside for a moment, there's nothing that stands in. I think he is definitely going to be the nominee. I don't think there's, there's any doubt about that. Um, but yes, I hope he recognizes that it's inevitable now, and to stop attacking Ron DeSantis. Period. Now, as far as the other candidates, frankly, you know, Nikki Haley is a worm, number one. Uh, Mike Pence, of course. Well, he Mike Pence dropped out. So there you go. Chris, Chris, Crisco, Christie is an, a total freaking fraud. About the only person I really respect in that field or two of them are um, uh, Ron DeSantis. And uh, and I think this guy, Doug Bugram, is supposed to be he's a, a decent guy, but he's going nowhere. He's probably going to drop out at some point. But he seems like a unless I'm, I'm totally mistaken. He seems like a decent fellow. I mean, he's not one of these. I don't think he's a rhino squish. Everybody else I could really care uh, less about. Ramaswamy has been sort of wishy-washy. And I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm sort of done with him. You know, my, my The thrill with him is worn off for me. So that's what I want. And I agree with you. Trump needs to just be presidential right now and ride the wave of his persecution and his literally his for real mart- political martyrdom and, and see where that takes him, what, what they can do. Because as he says himself, the more charges they throw at him, he gains another two or three points in the opinion polls. And it really is kind of something to see. And not just with with the base. Um, You know, it's anecdotal at best, but there are these rap guys, you know, black rap artists who are like throwing in with Donald Trump just because they see the white man or they see the man sticking it to him and they think it's an injustice. And I find that rather fascinating. Uh, what what the beyond that, if there's anything else of their in their calculus, I don't know. But, hey, I'll take, you know, I'll take any support where I can get it. Um, as far as Biden goes, his dementia aside, I think Biden is getting fed up with being merely a puppet. I think he's not going to give up. I think he actually believes all the, the delusional crap about him, that he's the greatest president and the 82 million votes and blah, 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 and so on and so forth. So it's going to be interesting. But the one thing that is that I think is maybe in the Democrats favor CBD is that if they do pursue an impeachment against him, it might actually it might actually redound badly against the Republicans, because even if they remove him, what are the Democrats going to do? They're going to say, well, this is just a political stunt to go after a popular president. And so, you know, it's like the irony of that, for obvious reasons, is right in your face. But, you know, it could only help. I think it can only help whoever the ultimate candidate is, whether it's Biden or or whoever it's going to be. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's going to be an interesting show coming going forward. That's interesting that that uh, you really think that a uh, that an impeachment process will 
will improve the prospects of the Democrat Party. Um, yeah, you know, it doesn't. That's not nonsense. It, it actually does make a, a little bit of sense. Yeah, I mean, that's that's. That, I, mean, I don't know that I believe that, but I think that that's maybe their calculus. And of course, they have the press on their side who are going to completely. You know the, the 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 BS that they did against Trump. It'll be the mirror universe. It'll be this is nothing more than a political persecution. This is un-American. It goes to the core of our precious democracy, and you know all the other bullshit. I mean, of course they're going to do it. We're we're in banana republic land now. Whether or not the public buys that is, uh, you know, that's up for debate. Considering everything else that's going around, because uh, it is the economy, and the economy is absolutely destroying people left, right, and center. Ah, all right. That's that's a that's cheery. That's great. Anyway, so um, sticking sticking to domestic issues, um, the uh, the Tennessee tranny murdering scum manifesto uh, was leaked to the press uh, a day or two ago. And uh, I, fa- I found it quite interesting. I know that, uh, Sefton, you wrote about it um, quite extensively on Ace of Spades in your morning report. Um, I thought it was I thought it was very interesting. Um, it, nothing was surprising, but uh, it is being it, it, it. I mean, let's face it, the, the Democrat junta does not want anything to do with it. And the you know, our national media are ignoring it completely. And that's that's really sad because it it does expose the lunacy of the trans movement. And it, and it does expose the the terrifying propensity for violence that uh, many, many people on the left feel very, very comfortable with. It echoes what I just said before about the potential nexus, or at least the temporary alliance of uh, radical, and that's the redundancy, radical Islamists, but the, the, real, the, the real murderous thugs of potential Hamas, Iranian uh, Revolutionary Guard Corps cadres or whoever that sneaks into this country with the American left and organizing them to um, to create mayhem in, in America, uh, you know, obviously the left would do it because they hate America, and you know the Muslims hate America, and they want to bring us down and turn us into an Islamic republic, and so that's what it mirrors. If you read this woman's woman's man's God, whatever the, this freak's writing, and there's only three pages that were released, there's no the, the hatred against white people, against children, against this you know the, the, these demons that she uh, that she it he whatever uh, rails against is very, very similar. It's a, it's a similar kind of a thing that you would read in the Quran or you would read in Mein Kampf. There is no difference there. And the real thing that's driving me crazy is that what's the focus of the investigation of the Nashville Police Department? Uh, they don't want to, uh, they never, they wanted to keep this hidden under wraps for obvious reasons because it, it exposes the left for who they are. But they're going after the person who leaked it. I mean, whoever leaked this is, a, is to me is a national hero because this crap needs to be exposed. And of course, they're not going to do that. They're going to try to find out who this person is and squash them like a bug. And it's, uh, you know, it just all these pages do is just expose the madness of transsexualism, the madness of white supremacy and critical race theory and all the rest of it. And this is the sole purview, a lock, stock and barrel of the American left and the Democrat Party. They are the ones that have pushed this. They are the ones that have pushed this individual to do these acts. And, uh, you know, the fact that they didn't, you know, they were relatively silent about it. When they found out about it, they tried to blame, obviously, a MAGA Republican. But, of course, whenever the, the, the shooter turns out to be a politically inconvenient, it's, it's swept under the rug as quickly as possible. But it's just disgusting that they're going to try to go after 
after the person who leaked it. And just the fact that it's been covered up for so long uh, in general is, is also just, a you know, that speaks volumes of where we are today as a country. Yeah, I, I, it is interesting that they're going to go after it. Well, it's not interesting, actually. I mean, would 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 you have predicted it? Yes, of course you would have predicted it. Um, but uh, I wonder who leaked it. I think it's very interesting. It's probably somebody in the in in the police department or, you know, in the in the municipal uh, government. Um, but I wonder if a, it was a, a journalist who had access to it and finally decided, ah, screw it, it needs to be seen. It, it's interesting. No, no more than that. But, you know, what really fascinates me, this the idea that these that, you know, uh, queers for Palestine and trans for Palestine and and, you know, and, and you know, black liberation movements for Palestine. These people are. F- yeah, these people are fucking nuts. If if these trannies think that that they'll get anything other than a bullet in the back of the head from a a Sharia driven government, they're they're insane. I have no idea where this support is coming from. It's it is it is actively ignoring every single bit of data that show that militant Islam is 100 percent opposed to about 95 percent of the of the crazy, insane stuff that is going on in the United States. And what are they expecting? Right. The, 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 That's you a know, question. The, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what they're expecting. Well, the problem, this is it. It's just they have a common enemy, and the common enemy is Judeo-Christian Western civilization uh, and everything that, that, that it has human advancement and real progress as opposed to progressivism over the last 2,000, however many thousands of years. And they, it is, it is, they, they have a hate on for it. Islam, for obvious reasons. The, the left, uh, for, for communist reasons, because so on and so on. It's just a question of a, a gaining of a power. It's, 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 it's two sides of the same kind of totalitarian evil. But as I call them, it's like, you know, the fairies without wings. I mean, they're in for a rude awakening. They're going to get freaking flying lessons, of course, off of the nearest roof when they get hurled off of a roof by the Islamists. But for now, they are convenient, literally, uh, you know, uh, what is what it's let in call them uh, um, useful idiots. And they're doing the dirty work for them. And it's like, you know, with that kind of thing, you don't need te- you don't need Islamic terrorism in America. You just let the left, you know, take us down, you know, for them, and they just come in, march in, and and there you have it. Before you, before long, Dearborn is uh, is the entire country. This is they're out of their minds. And the worst is, you know, the Jews that the Jews for Palestine. That's just you know, you've got to be out of your freaking ever loving mind to do that. That makes zero sense. But the one thing I would say is that. This this attack, this the, the the horrible terrorism in Israel, it has exposed the the literally the the house of cards that that is this intersectionality uh, uh, deal with the Democrats. It's a coalition of people that have one thing in common. That's just the hate on for civilization and America is founded. But once you get beyond that, uh, reconciling all those disparate uh, groups, as as uh, you know, as we have seen here, is going to be. Uh, is you know the whole house of cards is hopefully it tumbles in before they they crash us as a society i mean this is just they're, they're out of their minds I and mean, that's all you could say yeah you know i i i look at uh at progressive jews who uh who are supposedly shocked at the virulence of the anti-semitic uh, sentiment in in mm-hmm. their in their left-leaning and hard left uh organizations and 
well, first of all, they're stupid because they, they haven't been paying attention for the last uh, 150 years. Um, but second of all, I, I think that what these people do is is simply ignore the reality of that anti-Semitism because, and we've talked about this ad nauseum, they are not really Jewish. They are progressives. They are leftists before they are Jewish. And the extent of their Judaism, their extent of their love for Judaism, um, it ends you know, on, on Sunday uh, brunch when they have bagels and locks. And, you know, maybe they'll light the Hanukkah candles and maybe they'll, they'll go to a uh, um, to a Seder that's that's, uh, you know, focused on LGBT rights. Um, but these people are not Jews and and Judaism cannot count on them to to continue our traditions. Um, they are they are worthless to the religion. They are worthless to r- true Jewish culture. And as as we have discovered, they are actually quite dangerous. Yeah, the, the 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 self-gassing Jew, as I call them, is probably the most dangerous anti-Semite of all. I mean, you just have to look to people like, obviously, George Soros. Well, he just he never really you know, he abandoned his faith when he was a young child. His father abandoned his faith as well. But all of these people yeah, all collaborating you know, with the Nazis get, will do that. No, huh? That will kind of do that. <laughs> exactly. But yeah. then you have them. But then you have all the crazies from Chicago. Like you look at David Axelrod, who is one of Obama's top men. He's, a, you know, he's a self-gasser as well because his parents were freaking Stalinists. They, they, I mean, Karl Marx was Jewish. He abandoned his Judaism and he founded communism because he hated religion. And so, all of these things. This is where it all, you know, it stems from for over 150, you know, nearly 200 years of all this garbage. And you know, you you just you just have to shake your head at it. I mean, it, it just makes zero sense. So you, I would think, and one would wonder that the the butchery that has been exposed, hopefully at the scales of some of these people's uh, eyes have fallen and their eyes have opened up to what's going on. I don't necessarily w- would want to bank my uh, my last dime on that. But uh, I mean, Dennis Prager had a very good column that that speaks to this very issue. And at the end of his thing, at the end of his, his essay, he said, uh, "The end of his thing." The end of his essay, he said that you know, will this open the eyes of of, of uh, Jews? And he says, "I would." And this is kind of very optimistic. He says, "I wouldn't count on." And uh, you know, for for an optimist like Prager to to, to be like that is, uh, you know, it's kind of um, it's kind of depressing, really. Yeah, I, unfortunately, I agree with Dennis Prager. He. Um... And I, I usually do. I think he's a very, very intelligent man. I think that his uh, his observations of, of Jewish culture in, in America are spot on. Yeah, it, it isn't going to change because, you know, um, I have personal uh, experience with, with a fair number of these people. And, you know, abortion and um, gay rights and... Uh, Oh God, you, you name it. Um, yeah, you know, the, the homeless situation and and uh, Medicare and you know uh, single single payer medicine, all that stuff trumps the existential threats to Judaism. And I I don't understand where that comes from, but I I do accept it. I I know that it it, it exists, and. The reality is that we should just discard these people, that we should no longer consider them part of, of Jewish culture, part of Judaism, and we should reject their voices when they when they try to speak for Jews in America, because they are not speaking for Judaism. They're speaking for their progressive brothers and sisters. 
And when, until we make that break from progressive Jews, uh, Judaism in the United States is going to be a fractured thing and a dangerous thing. Yeah, it, it already is very, very fractured. But you know, it, it, you, you know, there's there's a there's a there's a scene in in and I'm, I guess I hate to bring him up, but it, it makes sense for, in Woody Allen's movie Annie Hall. And there is a scene where he flashes back to a to a uh, his parents either at, at a dinner table, and the father is yelling at the mother because the father is complaining that the maid is stealing, or the maid is or rather the, the mother is complaining that the maid is stealing. She wants to fire the black maid, and the father is saying she's been oppressed. She has every right to steal. <laughs> you know this is you know this is forty five you know years ago, and it's like my God, he kind of nailed it. That's the attitude. It's just this. You know, these the, people who believe it, who still are stuck in these old stereotypes of Republican, big business, white, evil, Klansmen, whatever, which is not true. And Democrat for the little guy, for the for the poor, for minorities, for Jews and for, you know, so on and so forth is good. And, and you know, so wrong. So absolutely wrong. That whole all these stereotypes and these myths have been completely, utterly exploded, especially since the coming of uh, Mr. Obama in, in 2008, but probably long, long before that. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wanted this to be a lighthearted, cheery podcast, not a depressing one. But uh, unfortunately, the the times are uh, are are not conducive to uh, to happy times. Well, I have I have a little bit of a chuckle, which I reported this morning. Um, it seems that <laughs> I get a good laugh out of this one. It seems that there was this crazy Muslim woman who decided to go on a rampage because she saw what she thought was a Jewish school and she rammed her car into it. It turns out the Jewish school was was a, a school that was run by these these people called the black Israelites who are probably more anti-Semitic or as anti-Semitic as Muslims themselves. And I just got to get a chuckle out of that. So <laughs> it was, you know, look, more of that, please. You know, if you're going to go after, uh, go after him, why not a uh, little bit of friendly fire? So at least that's a little bit of levity there, I suppose. No, that works for me. You know, there, there was a, uh, one of these, uh, pro-Palestinian protesters, um, who was, uh, videotaped god I, you know that 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 shows my age videotaped film mm-hmm. whatever what do you call it now it's not really it's not video well what are phone what what are moving pictures <laughs> <laughs> you captured my soul in the image box i must kill you now but anyway yes they were vi- i guess videotaped yeah no. some she works for some uh she was film. A teacher at some brooklyn uh touchy feely uh um school um you know some after school program and and she she was videotaped um tearing down stuff and uh you know the the usual you know burn the jews crap and she got fired which i thought was quite delightful so this young twit who thinks that there are no repercussions for any of her to any of her behavior um just got smacked in the teeth that makes me very happy it makes me very happy. And when, by the way, when you say touchy feely in after school, it's you're probably more accurate literally than you think these days. But no, it's good. There should be repercussions. And I'm glad to see that some of these donors, thank God, are pulling their money from places like freaking Harvard and Cornell and all these Ivy League shitholes and, and, and waking up to the fact that, you know, and as if as if it wasn't obvious even before ha- what happened on October the 7th. The absolute brainwashing and the destroying of of however many generations of youth 
into zombies that are trying to overthrow the country and overthrow our civilization. So thank, thank God for that. Take your money out of these places. Keep your kids the hell out of the Ivy League. Let them learn a freaking trade. Hopefully the trade schools don't get taken over by diversity and all that crap. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's good to see these people smacked in the teeth and have repercussions because, you know, that's, that's exactly what need, that's exactly what needs to happen. It needs to happen. What has happened in the woke uh, sense with Bud Light needs to happen here. It needs to happen with Disney and it needs to happen with anybody who is doing this kind of crap because, you know, when we finally realize that together in unison, we still are a pretty big majority of thought and power in this country, despite the fact that the government and private sector and media have tried to and very successfully, unfortunately, marginalize us. But once we can break three of that bubble, I think that uh, we will be hopefully a force to to yet to be reckoned with politically. Oh, I agree. You know, and I mean, it, just to, to bring up another cheery thing, a bunch of uh, cowboys from Arkansas uh, flew to Israel um, to help out on farms in Israel because, of course, the um, the Israel is a very small country, and their and the reservists are are you know they work in the economy, and so you know you grab a few hundred uh, reservists who are farmers and send them into Gaza. Well, what do you do? Well, a bunch of uh, Arkansas cowboys took care of that. Um, I love that about America. Uh, I'm looking at a picture of them right now, and they, they look like Arkansas Cowboys head, heading to Eretz Yisrael. So uh, mm-hmm. thank you. Thank you, Arkansas. Absolutely. Well, for that, not for the Clintons, but for that, for sure. Um, <laughs> like I said, like I said on the podcast, it's just it's a, it's just an amazing Orwellian nightmare that my hometown of, of Brooklyn, New York, probably one of the most Jewish places on the planet has become a seat of one, some of the most virulent anti-Semitism in the country. And like I said, I live, I live down the block from a church right on the, on the corner of the main two main roads here in Southern Wisconsin. And there's a huge crucifix on, on the, on the lawn there in front of the church. And I tell you, you know, I see that crucifix and let me tell you something. I feel very comfortable and very at home here. And I hope it stays that way. And God bless all of my Christian and, and brothers and sisters who are going and, and really doing God's work, God's work, going to Israel, helping out wherever they can and, and keeping, you know, and just being decent, being a mensch. That's what it's all about. I mean, I feel more of a kinship with them than these knuckleheads like David Axelrod. And these you know, that's, that's an excellent point. And, and, and that probably the, the antipathy toward religion on the left probably drives uh, a lot of these progressive Jews, um, they again, they they don't they dislike religion more than they like their own culture and and religion, and so that that might be at least a partial explanation for their for the lack of support and for the for their em, embracing a, a an ideology and progressivism is an ideology um, that is antithetical to everything that that they were for the last uh, three thousand years. A uh, part of it, uh, as I said, I think on a previous podcast, is that when you know people leftists abandon their religion, a lot of it is because of self-defense. You know, they just figured, I just want to, I don't want to be a Jew anymore because I'm a target. And of course, the ones that abandon it to prove their uh, sort of new Gentile bona fides, as it were, they become more virulently anti anti-Semitic than even than even Gentiles. And they're the worst anti-Semites of all. And that's, you know, look at George Soros, look at look at Karl Marx, look at, the uh, you know, you name it, any one of these kinds of people. And it's a uh, it's a sad it's a sad thing. I mean, I'd rather I'd rather be true to myself and, and fight for what I believe in. And, you know, God forbid, go down fighting if I have to. But 
I'm not going to join the enemy. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's the most hateful thing I can possibly think of, but that's, that's one reason for it. So I, I, we, we are running late, but um, we're running long rather, but I would like to end on a, on a positive note. And that is, I, I want to bring back what you mentioned about Christianity, in the United States, um, the, you know, the progressive Jewish uh, antipathy toward, toward Christianity and uh, um, in particular part of Christians in America um, is based on this insane idea that they're only supporting Israel for their for selfish reasons. Um, that the you know the return of the Messiah, the re- return of Christ to Earth, um, is predicated on Israel being something. It doesn't really matter the uh, theology of it. And my answer to that is, so what? If if Israel and Jews in America are can really and truly count on fun, the fundamentalist Christian movement in the United States, and they're only doing it for their own selfish ends, that's great. I have absolutely no problem with that, and I embrace it. I think that these that that fundamentalism in the United States, Christianity in the United States, is a fine thing for the most part, and I appreciate their support. And I hope in the future that I can return that support. Here, here, here. I, I absolutely, I heartily concur with that. I mean, there is a mindset. And look, you have to admit, if you go back historically, uh, you know, America was not exactly, you know, a, a, a pro-Semitic country. There was, there was anti-Semitism in the country. And that's, that's where a lot of that comes from. But as I said, that's in the past. It's like the same thing with slavery and, you know, white supremacy and all this garbage. It's institutionally and as it was historically, it is gone and it is no more, despite what the left says. And you have to sort of now recognize that. And the same thing with with you know, Christian anti-Semitism against Jews. That's gone. I mean, for the most part, that is, you know, in the main, it is gone. Yeah, you have a couple of fringe kooks here and there and so on and so forth, which another funny thing, another intersectionality uh, intersection hit was that all of a sudden there was a white supremacist, not, you know, neo-Nazi, who was agreeing with the same kind of pro-Palestinian anti-Israel rhetoric, and they were trying to distance themselves from that guy. And it's like, you know, you guys are, you guys are like, you're just like Keystone cops, so just keep hitting yourselves over the head. But to your point, CBD, yeah, this is our, our, our greatest friends are our Christian brothers and sisters, and thank God for them. And wh- whatever help, whatever reasoning they have to help us, I don't care anymore so long as the help comes. I mean, uh, if, if the state of Israel is saved because of it, you know, more power to them and, uh, you know, and God bless them because they're moral. I'd rather have I'd rather have the moral majority than the transsexual, bizarre, pedophile mafia that is destroying this country from within. God bless them. And with that, folks, thank you very much for listening. Um, this has been the Cut Gib Newsletter Podcast, or the Radio Network. I love when you say that. I'll just leave the, I'll leave that to you, Sefton. Thank you. From around the world or across the nation and up your street. <laughs> it's JJ Sefton here. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for the support and hitting our tip jar. We really appreciate it. For CBD, we will see you over the weekend, hopefully with another fantastic and scintillating guest. And thank you for listening. Thanks for listening, folks.